This is our fourth and final session on how I pray about hindrances when reading the Bible. I summed up my strategy, and I call it my strategy, but my whole point is that it's the strategy of the psalmists, because all of these are from the Psalms. My strategy is when I am hindered by lack of desire, I pray, incline my heart to your testimonies. When I'm hindered by eyes, the eyes of the heart that don't see wondrous things, I pray, open my eyes. When I'm hindered by a heart that is fragmented, distracted, not united in loyalty, I cry out, unite my heart to fear you. Now, today, we focus here. Lack desire, lack satisfaction in the wonders that I see. So I might have desire to read. I might see a glorious thing about God or Christ or his ways. My heart might be united, but my heart is dull in its responsiveness to this. I don't have the kind of satisfaction and joy, contentment that I ought to have. So, Father, as we focus on this particular strategy of opposing that hindrance, grant that this miracle of satisfaction in your soul, in your reality, in your heart, in your ways, your glory would happen. Pray in Jesus' name. So here's the context. Psalm 90, satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. So satisfy us, a plea to be glad. And then he says again, make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. That's our strategy, to cry out to God for hearts that are awakened so much that they feel a proper satisfaction in God. Now, you may notice there's no reference to the word here, even though I'm describing this as a strategy of overcoming hindrances when we're reading the word. So let me connect the dots for you. John 15, 11, these things I have spoken, Jesus says to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So clearly, the word of Jesus, the word recorded in the Bible, is intended to make us satisfied in the satisfaction that Jesus himself has in God, that our joy may be full. Now, how does that relate to the word in actual practice in the Bible? Here's an example. Hebrews 13, keep your life free from the love of money and be content. That is, be satisfied with what you have. For he has said, now there's the connection between contentment and the word. He has said, and here's a quote from Joshua 1.5, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So the confidence that produces the contentment here comes from the word of Joshua 1.5. That's what God hopes, expects, will happen to our souls. That our souls, when we read Joshua 1.5, will experience this. 
And then we draw this inference. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. Another word from God. I will not fear what can man do to me. So when he is not leaving us, not forsaking us, why is that? To harm us? (laughs) No, to help us. So he is with us, never leaving us, and he's our helper. Therefore, we can be fearless. That is, we can be content and be free from the love of money. That's the way it's supposed to work. And we're trying to answer the question, well, what if you read Joshua 1, 5 and this doesn't happen? That's what we're trying to, to answer. We cry, oh God, make this work for me. Cause me to experience the kind of contentment, the kind of freedom from idolatrous love of earthly things so that I am satisfied with your steadfast love. So when it comes to fighting the hindrance of lack of satisfaction, we cry out for God to reveal his word to us in such a way that our joy would be full. And we do that not with our Bibles closed, but with the Bibles open to texts like these, or any other texts for that matter. And of course I'm agreeing that the Bible also has the effect of making us weep, but not as an end in itself, right? The Bible makes us weep so we'll repent, so we can have the repentance and joy of faith. So we focus on texts like this. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. So your face and your likeness producing my soul satisfaction. And I cry out for that to happen. Same thing with Psalm 63, 5. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. So as with rich food and fat. It's not rich food and fat that produce this satisfaction. What produces that? My mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. This satisfaction is like the satisfaction we get from food, but it comes from God. God is our portion, as it says in this last text, Psalm 73. Whom have I in heaven but you? And on earth there's nothing that I desire besides you, God. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. He is like the finest food that I have chosen for my soul satisfaction. You, 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 God, are my portion forever. You are my satisfaction. And as I read these, I know that 
my soul as I begin is often not where it is supposed to be, which is why I come back now to the summary of our strategy. If I don't want to read the Bible, I plead, O God, incline my heart to your testimonies. If I'm reading and I'm not seeing any wonderful things, I pray, open my eyes. If I'm reading, perhaps seeing, but I'm distracted, my heart's divided with multiple attentions or maybe even multiple allegiances, I cry out, oh God, unite my heart to fear your name. And then today, if I have cried out for unity of heart and and if I have seen some wonderful things because I've been loving to read the Bible, what if I can't rise to the level of responding to these things in a way that satisfies my soul, that produces the kind of contentment we saw here in, in Hebrews. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have, because he said, what if reading that saying doesn't produce this? Which is why we cry out now, oh God, you see my heart, you see its inadequacies, you see its dullness, you see its half-heartedness. Would you satisfy me in the morning with your steadfast love that I may rejoice and be glad in you all my days? Now, I know that this is not the totality of the Christian life. This is an hour in the morning, perhaps, or the evening when I'm reading my Bible so that I can live the rest of my life. And the rest of my life is to be sent by God. The rest of my life is to serve God. The rest of my life is to make sacrifices of love for other people. I know that. The reason I chose S's, you may wonder, what's that? Is because I've tried to make this work, and here's what it would sound like. I'm not presenting IOUs. I'm presenting IOUs. (laughs) If that helps, go with it. But I'm limiting it right here to the hour I spend in the Bible. I want to live as a sent man. I want to be a servant. I want to lay down my life for the good of others, for the glory of God. I know that's coming in the rest of my day. But to that end, this has got to happen. I've got to encounter the living God in his word with the right inclination and open eyes and a united heart and get up with a satisfied soul and head into the day ready to be sent. <laughs>